Section 77 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marie Christian. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. By Father Louis de Segur. Fenelon and Poor Pierrot. Doubtless you know the name of Fenelon, the holy and learned Archbishop of Cambrai. The following is the history of his first sermon. Two hundred years ago, in the time of Fenelon, it was the custom of young people destined to the ecclesiastical state to endeavor to speak in public by means of certain oratorical exercises. And for this purpose, brilliant assemblies often met in the largest hotels of Paris to listen to the young aspirants. Fenelon was fifteen and already wore the dress of an ecclesiastic. He was moreover remarkable for his holiness, his grace, and his modesty. He was diligent and intellectual, but above all, most charitable to the poor. His father, the Marquis of Fenelon, chose the Hotel de Boufflers for the debut of his young abbé, feeling assured that it would be a remarkable success. Consequently, the day was fixed notwithstanding the resistance of the retiring Fenelon, and the most brilliant company was invited to form the auditory. All the great lords and ladies of the court of Louis Fourteenth had taken their places in the grand salon prepared for this purpose, and were astonished to find that the young preacher did not appear. His father, vexed at a delay which he could not understand, tried to make excuses for the young abbé to Madame Boufflers, and the principal personages in the assembly. But at last Fenelon himself entered the room, and, his face a little flushed with the diffidence natural to his youth and his retiring disposition, sat down at the table prepared for him. Messieurs et mesdames, he said, I ask your pardon for having kept so illustrious an audience waiting, but had it been necessary to keep you an hour longer, and had the king himself been present here, I should not have hesitated to do so. On arriving at the Hotel de Boufflers, I perceived at an angle of the house a poor little Savoyard, lying on the ground and half covered by the thick flakes of snow which were falling. Touched and surprised at this sight, I stopped and approached the unfortunate child. What are you doing here, my child? I said to him. He burst into tears, and without answering my question, he murmured these despairing words. I would I were dead. Dead, my poor child, then you are very miserable. You have no one who loves you? Ah, yes, my good monsieur, I am very miserable, cried the child. I am lost. I cannot return home to my mother. I have nothing to do but die. I asked his name, his age, and the cause of his grief, and he told his story in these words. My name is Pierrot. I am twelve years old. I am a Savoyard, and I left my home and my mother five years ago. I have worked as hard as I could at sweeping chimneys, and I saved my money so as to be able to return to my country as soon as possible, and take my little hoard to my dear mother. I put by every halfpenny, every farthing, and at last I had three hundred and fifteen pounds hidden under a brick in a garret where I sleep. Very light-hearted, I was getting ready to set out with two relations who were returning to Savoy. And this morning, when I lifted my brick to take out my treasure and put it in a bag to carry with me, 
I found the place empty. It had all been stolen. Now I dare not return to my country. They would say I had been a wicked boy and had forgotten my parents. I can do nothing now but die, for I am too miserable. Such is, in a few words, continued Fenelon, the story told me by the poor little Perrault, who could scarcely speak for sobbing and for the bitter cold. I took him up in my arms and carried him to this hotel, where I confided him to the care of the landlord. Since Providence put in my way this opportunity of doing good, I could not let it pass. And since this poor little one of Jesus Christ has a momentary asylum in the very hotel where you have met together to listen to me, I feel bound to ask you to cooperate in this good work, and I therefore prefer to speak to you of the poor little Savoyard instead of giving the discourse you expected from me. I ask you now, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of the poor, and the Consoler of the afflicted, to give your alms for my little protege, whose fate thus rests in your hands. A piece of silver or gold is little for you, but for this poor child it is much. It is joy and life and happiness. Give, and God himself will restore it to you. During this improvised sermon, all the more touching for its simplicity, many eyes were full of tears, which another discourse would have failed to call forth. The young abbe much moved himself, and a little confused, it must be confessed, at his own temerity, prepared to make the collection for poor Perrault, when the child, led by the Marquis de Boufflers, who had sent for him, was introduced into the midst of this noble and brilliant assemblage. The sight of the poor boy, whose sweet and innocent face expressed both grief and astonishment, reanimated the kindly feelings which Fenelon's recital had aroused in all who heard him. They questioned the child, and in his original patois, he related anew the details which we have just given. Madame de Boufflers, in her turn, pleaded his cause with much earnestness and enthusiasm, and declared that she would herself make the collection in the brown cap of the little Savoyard. But I warn you before commencing, she said, that I receive nothing but gold. Not having any herself, she unfastened one of her earrings and gave it as her own offering. Louis fell like hail into the old cap which had never served such a purpose before. The collection amounted to more than two thousand pounds. The child thought he was dreaming and could not believe that all this gold was for him. As soon as he was convinced of it, he began dancing and crying and laughing, forgetting all the people who surrounded him and thinking only of his mother. The Marquis de Boufflers, having affectionately thanked Fenelon in the name of all present for the pleasure he had given them that evening, kept the little Savoyard for some days at her hotel, where he was cared for by her orders. She clothed him from head to foot, gave him beautiful presents for his father and mother, his brothers and sisters, paid the expenses of his journey, and making up the sum to three thousand pounds, charged herself to see that it reached the mother of the child in safety. Such was Fenelon's first sermon. In the course of years when he had become a priest and archbishop of Cambrai, it is possible that he may have preached sermons quite as good, but I am very sure that he never preached a better. End of section 77